the D's hang on in a thriller at the MCG. Oh, he just willed himself through. Oh, 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 down oh he's done it to McDonald. Hello, welcome to Inside Melbourne. Another week and ever closer to round one versus the Cats on Sunday. A big show today, and I've got a very special co-host. Tom Morris can't be with us, but Jakey Lever, who will make his debut in red and blue, has stepped into the void. Uh, the pressure's on. Jake, you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Uh, but no, thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited. You're more nervous about the podcast or round one suiting up for the Ds? Well, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm pretty nervous about this podcast, <laughs> especially the co-host position that I've uh, been handed. But uh, no, just uh, I, I guess I'll be probably nervous about 10 minutes before the game, I reckon, on Sunday. Big show today on Inside Melbourne. Of course, we've got the Melbourne coach, Simon Goodwin. A bit to talk to him about. Plus... One of your favourites in the podcast world, that is Hamish Blake. And you've got a few curly ones for him. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited to uh, you know, co-host. I've done it pretty well um, in terms of uh, timing for this week. Um, but yeah, no, super excited. So I've got a few questions uh, and not footy related Ooh, either. Oh, yeah. I like that. Hey, uh, your time at the Ds, um, I, I feel like it's flown, but for you, you've been putting in the hard yards on the track. How's it been? Yeah, it's been good. So it has, uh, it has flown by. Um, Four and a half months of uh, running, I guess, when you look back, um, seems a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, it is just – it's come around so quickly now in terms of probably since the first JLT game now. It's, it's round one and, um, you know, we're preparing now for to play Geelong and it's just – I guess it's it's super exciting for me, but around the club you can just you can just feel that the boys are just so ready to get out there, and um, we don't have a lot of injuries, which is really good um, position for the club to be. And uh, it's going to be a hard twenty-two to break into, but uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Jake, have you had a good luck text from Tex? I haven't had a good luck text <laughs> from Tex yet. Um, I'm probably not expecting one. Um, I might get some from uh, a couple of my other teammates. I'm actually catching up with a few of them because they uh, they play the Bombers at, on on Friday oh, night no. at Eddie Had. So um, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll catch up with a few of them, but uh, no, probably not expecting one from him. Last time you're on the on the G, of course, it didn't quite go your way. Um, does your mentality change having played in a in a losing grand final at all? Oh look, I think uh, yeah, I walked out in the MCG probably for the first time the other day. Um, doing an infinity sort of uh, photo shoot. Great new sponsor of the yes, Melbourne Football absolutely, Club. Absolutely, absolutely, massive sponsor. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, it was a bit. It was a bit. Uh, it was a bit weird. I, I obviously remembered running out there, and there were being hundred thousand people there, where there was only probably thirty or forty there this time. But um, yeah, no, I guess um, I'm just super excited to be able to, uh, you know, I guess learn from last year and um, and then being able to. I've been able to sort of put that into. Um, into my mind every sort of pre-season session that I've done this year and uh, be able to, uh, you know, use that as as fuel and, and, and the fire in the belly to be able to uh, come out this season and hopefully, uh, you know, go one step closer and or one step better. In terms of how um, our back line uh, will work and, and mix around you, I mean, you've got Oscar McDonald down there, but what differences have you noticed? And, and come game day, um, how will the Melbourne approach differ from, from that of Adelaide? Oh look, I think um, I think that all defenses now are very similar. Um, sort of, it's it's a bit like the world of AFL. Once sort of one team does something really well, they everyone tries to copy it. So, um, in terms of defenders, there's um, you know, there's plenty of pace off the half back line. You know, you got Hibo, you got uh, Jaden Hunt, uh, Josh Wagner's had a great preseason. Um, I was going to say Jordan Lewis and Bernie Vince, but 
them being pretty old, they don't have much <laughs> pace. Um, they'll hate me for that. But they, yeah, so no. But in terms of like you know them guys, they're just so attacking, and the, and the the ability for them to be actually able to defend because I think it's pretty important that we get that offensive drive. But for them to be able to defend, it's it's really good. Um, and then yeah, sorry. So me and Oscar and, and Frosty down there, I've sort of been working with them um, two over the preseason. I've loved every minute of it. Um, because there's tall defenders, you need to kind of lean off each other um, throughout the game. So um, I've been able to learn a lot uh, from them and hopefully teach them a couple of things, but it's been good. And in terms of this week against the Cats, big Tommy Hawkins is obviously an ever-present danger. Uh, how do you go about stopping the big fella? Yeah, Tommy Hawkins, he's uh, yeah, obviously uh, a super player and um, I usually get the, the fantastic job of standing in front of him when he's leading at uh, full charge. So um, I might have to say to him before the game, just don't try and knock my block off, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure he will try to. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, obviously a super player, but uh, they've got some pretty dangerous forwards up there. It'll be interesting to see what Ablett does if he plays more midfield. Um, but, you know, I'm expecting he's probably going to play a little bit forward. So um, we've probably got one of the best small defenders in the competition in Nev down there so I'm sure he'll he'll uh he'll you know meet his match and uh, hopefully we uh, get it done on Sunday afternoon absolutely Sunday afternoon at the MCG be there or be square uh Jake Lever co-host thanks very much we're going to come back after this with Simon Goodwin the senior coach plus our big special guest and Jake has come armed with a few curly questions for Hamish Blake that's still to come on Inside Melbourne thanks to our co-major partner and podcast sponsor Zurich For more than 100 years, they've been ensuring the people and things you truly love. And just like you, they truly love footy and truly love Melbourne. Well, they say 24 hours is a long time in footy. How about 208 days? That's how long we've all been forced to wait since Melbourne last battled it out on the MCG against Collingwood. Simon Goodwin's been good enough to join us on Inside Melbourne. Uh, Goody, that is a long time and you must be keen to get out there on Sunday against the Cats. Yeah, thanks, Stanis. Yeah, it has been an incredibly long time. Obviously, the the disappointment away the season finished, but uh, you know, we're really looking forward to this weekend. We've had a great summer um, and it's been an exciting little period, but uh, nothing better than coming out round one in front of your home crowd this weekend. Before we get stuck into the footy, I've got to ask you about a few elephants in the room, if we can. Um, an article written by Tom Morris uh, earlier in the week which uh, the headline was Simon Goodwin flippantly offered resignation as Melbourne coach after pre-season camp was canned. Firstly, your thoughts on that article? Any truth to it? Uh, absolutely no truth at all. Um, and I think we've got to be really careful um, as an industry when rumours become folklore. And uh, I think it can be really damaging to people and, and that's something that was never a topic of discussion, was never said and... I think as, a, um, as an industry, I think we just need to be really mindful and careful of, of those sort of accusations. They're rumours that fester over a period of time and then they're presented as if they're folklore. And um, you know, I think it's important that we don't hide behind some club sources. We actually come to the source and actually ask the question. And uh, the question is really clear. It never happened. Why do you think this issue, this camp, keeps being brought up in conversation? Why is it the subject of so much talk? Oh, clearly it's a bigger issue for people on the outside. Internally it was dealt with really quickly. Um, you know, we had some great learnings out of it as a footy club um, and we were working really hard to build um, hard-working, competitive, resilient, humble people and uh, that was a really small piece in the puzzle um, of a much bigger thing. These boys work incredibly hard um, and it's topical 
because they're seen as it's a divide between coaching staff, players, and a whole range of things, which is the furthest thing from the truth. This group is incredibly united. What's happened was it was a slow news through December. Everyone's on holidays, and as we've got to the first week heading into round one, it's become quite topical again. Um, that's the reality of the industry. Um, is they need something to talk about. As an extension of that, Wayne Carey, the Ducks, said we aren't a united team. Um, your take on that? As I said, that's the furthest thing from the truth. This group is as close as I've seen, both you know from a whole football department, coaching and player group that that's possible. Um, and they're really focused on what they want to achieve. Um, to be honest, as I said, the camp was dealt with back in December. That was a, that was a really small piece in our journey over the summer. And as we hit round one, uh, we're incredibly confident with where we are as a group. One more, and it came from Mick Malthouse. I mean, you're trying to build this winning mentality, this winning culture, and, and Mick says that no team can be as happy with themselves as Melbourne after a win. Yeah, look, it's a um, it's a it's a comment that's that's pretty flippant. You know, I'd like to see um, some examples of what he's talking about. But you know, as a club, what we're trying to build is a, a club that's filled with people that are, have a uh, humble and they show humility. Um, and as we keep our environment really consistent, as we grow and mature into the team that we want to become, hopefully that's what people see. Uh, the Cats on Sunday. Uh, a lot of fans will be wondering, obviously, will Danger and, and Ablett play? Obviously, your take on that is, you know, we want to we want to take on the best and, and win. Yeah, look, we're prepared for their best. And, uh, you know, their midfield is an incredible group. Those three players are um, generational type of players that have huge impact on games. So... Um, we're excited by that challenge. We'd love you know, to be in a game where they're all playing and um, at their best. So we're, we're prepared for that. Um, whether that happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. But I know our players are looking forward to it. Well, at least they do play. It's a, it's a terrific challenge for our young midfield. Yeah, it is. You know, we've got some young guys going through our midfield and we've got a lot of versatility, you know, with Petrarca, Salem, Hogan, um, Mitch Hannon, um, you know, Corey Maynard, these type of players, you know. Um, Melksham that will go through the midfield, Alex Neil Bullen. So we've got a variety of versatile team that will go through those positions and um, I think that's an exciting thing for our footy club. Uh, I want to throw a, a name out there, some selection news perhaps. You can shed some light on Bailey Fritch. Uh, will he be in red and blue come Sunday at the MCG? Yeah, look, he will. It's fantastic for the footy club to have a debutant in round one and, and Bailey will certainly suit up for us. He's, uh, he's a quality kid who's had an extremely uh, good summer. Um, and I think it's a great thing for our pathway, you know, through the Casey Demons, you know, he was, he was a player there that had a fantastic season last year. He kicked 45 goals at VFL level and, um, you know, was on our radar and we picked him up in the draft and he, he's playing round one. So I think it's a, a really um, a great piece for our, uh, our pathway through, through the Casey Demons. So uh, we're really excited for Bailey. He's got a lot of talent, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's now time to put it on show at AFL level. Absolutely. And still a re relatively young kid, I guess you could say, but someone that's built maturity given that pathway, an apprenticeship, if you will. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, look, he was, um, you know, he's been, at the, he understands how we want to play. So he came in knowing the way that we wanted to play and he's been trained up with a similar sort of training drills, so the similar fundamentals of how we like to play the game. So that gives him a little advantage when he walks into the environment knowing what's expected. Um, so he's adapted to that AFL environment really quickly and hence why he's playing round one. Another debutant in red and blue, a man who the last time he stepped foot onto the MCG, unfortunately was a sad old tale for him, Jake Lever, coming over from the Crows. Um, what has he provided on the track, off it too, and, and what are you expecting from him come Sunday? Yeah, well, our recruiters really liked him as a junior. So in the under-18s, they, they had, so he had leadership qualities. Um, he was certainly a great defender who could impact the ball airily. 
Um, and that's all we've seen from him since he's walked in the club. He's a, a great communicator. He leads the boys incredibly well. And he's that type of player where opposition teams have trouble getting through um, because he can read the play incredibly well and come off his man and impact. So he's brought that from the time he walked in. He, he competes incredibly hard. And um, he's speaking to him yesterday. He's incredibly excited about you know coming out on the MCG again with the red and blue on. Simon Goodwin joining us on Inside Melbourne. I want to take some questions from the outer, Goody, if I can. The first one comes from Daniel Powell. He says, what steps have been put in place to stop the lapses in concentration in games where we might have had multiple goals kicked on us, happened too many times, he says, last year, saw it again in the JLT against the Saints. Yeah, momentum something that happens in footy. Um, so we've been working incredibly hard at building our team to just continue to to go and mentally um, handle the game. So there's a few things with that. You know, physically, uh, you can't handle the game mentally until you can handle it physically. So we've been training incredibly hard to be able to deal with that. Um, there's things that we'll do in game that will hopefully halt momentum. We'll work really hard as a coaching group to, to have a look at that. Um, we didn't implement much through the JLT. We wanted to see our players play, play the game and um, absorb some of that pressure. So we're looking forward to seeing how they handle those sort of occurrences as the season goes on. But as we mature as a team and as we get better, I think they'll become less and less. Greg off the Twitter says, what differences, if any, in game style will we see this year? Is there anything that you've been working on that might surprise Melbourne supporters? Oh, look, there's, there's a few things that we've been working on. Um, you know, there's, you'll see some tinkering with our game style. I think you'll be you know, relatively excited with how we play the game. Um, but also, you know, we, we're certainly a team that's built our game style around the contest and, and, and playing the game in that phase. So um, I think the supporters will see a really exciting brand of footy. They'll see a team that's really hard around the footy and competes incredibly hard So, and, and that are hard to play against. So um, we have tinkered slightly. I can't tell you publicly what that looks like, but I think you'd be pretty <laughs> excited. Um, obviously, you had a great mentor in your early days here at Melbourne in Paul Roos, but is there a coach either when you were playing or or post that you've sort of really modelled yourself on, a mentor, an inspiration? Yeah, look, there was a few back in Adelaide that I was, I was lucky enough to be involved in. Neil Craig and Charlie Walsh, who um, are two coaches that I have enormous respect for. Um, just just the way they teach the game and, and the way they drive a culture and, and ability to work hard. And, um, you know, I've lent on those guys at, at times, had conversations and coffees and, and really got picked their brains. But um, they were really... Uh, good to me in my early days as a, as a young coach. Um, they helped develop me um, while I was still playing the game and, um, and to this day I still rely on them heavily. Good stuff. Uh, a couple more from the outer. Metty94. Which first-year player has caught your eye and impressed you the most? And shin brackets, don't say them all. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, they have all impressed me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Metty. Uh, no, that, um, I think there's, you know, Harrison Petty's a young kid from yeah. South Australia that um, has come over and, um, you know, he lives a long way out of South, in South Australia, a long way out of Adelaide and has come over to Melbourne, adapted really quickly. He's a country kid, a knockabout lad that just goes about his work and, um, you know, I think he's a really exciting talent for us. And finally, from uh, from A. Papagua, I think it is, what is your favourite part of the week slash game day as coach? Is there a, a moment, obviously, when you walk into the MCG on game day? That's a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think at the time, you know, when you have your last meeting the day before the game, um, on that moment, it's a time to just really shut down for a little period. You know, it's an opportunity to just take a break get yourself ready for you know the most important part of the week which is game day um, but that's your time you get a little bit of chance to relax um, understand that a lot of the work's been done through the week and it's been completed 
and now it's really time to just get ready for game day. And I think when you wake up that morning of game day, there's a real sense of excitement in you about what's about to happen. Hey, you'll enjoy this one too. It's just caught my eye. Rory Stocker, he says, will you encourage Sam Wiedemann to grow a mullet and become the modern day weed? <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah, weed had a good I can't mullet. See, I can't see it happening. No, Wayne Wiedemann in Adelaide had a fantastic uh, mullet, but I can't see weed. He's not that type of guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bit of a rooster with his looks and um, you know, I'd, I'm pretty sure he won't go down the mullet phase. Hey, Goody, thanks so much for joining us on Inside Melbourne. It's been an absolute pleasure. We look forward to welcoming you back into the chair right through the season. And uh, just finally, if you've got a message there for Melbourne fans. Oh, I think just get along to the MCG on Sunday. It's going to be really, really exciting in terms of how we go about our footy. And um, I think you won't be disappointed when you come along and you'll see a team that competes incredibly hard. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us and good luck. Thanks, Dennis. Welcome back to Inside Melbourne with thanks to our good friends at Zurich. Hey, Jake, we've got a really special guest on the line now. I know he's one of your favourites. Let's introduce him right now. Hamish Blake joins us, big Melbourne oh. fan. G'day, Hamish. Guys, how are you? I was listening to the podcast and uh, just had to call up. <laughs> not, really, not really how podcasts work, but um, I can't believe I got through. <laughs> well, exactly. Very, very lucky, man. Hey, uh, as I say, big D's, man. Well, why why the Melbourne Footy Club? Um, well, you know, it was, a bit of a, it was just a bit of a generational thing growing up for me. I had a bit of an, I had a bit of an odd path into the desert. Not an odd path, but like... I always, I mean, this is a bit of a weird thing to say, especially for a kid that has grown up 100% in Melbourne, like yeah. the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. But I always sort of prided myself on not having a team, which is a weird thing to say, but that's just sort of, just never really followed a team. And it wasn't probably until I was in my late teens, early 20s, I started going for the Deans. And I, I was introduced to Deans through Jimmy Stein, really. I was involved with Reach at an early age and... Uh, and then got to know Jim, and then that was it for me. I was a, I was a D's man. So coming on board early 2000s, not the <laughs> no. I didn't, I didn't take an ideal time, but um, <laughs> but that's hey, that's all uh, that's all part of getting behind your club. Where they're where they're through thick and thin. You can't complain that um, you, you bought into Bitcoin at the wrong time. No, exactly. Gotta, gotta hold on. Just hold on to it. Hold on to it. Absolutely. So, hey Hamish, it's Jake here. Um, now I've. Thank you very much, mate. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, now, I know uh, Clinch just asked you about a little bit about footy, but now, as he said, I'm a massive fan of, of both you and uh, both you and Andy, um, and I have noticed that that you are a massive Survivor fan. Is that true? Huge. Yeah, yes. Except, tell me if you're the same. US, US Survivor. Only. US Survivor. Um, okay. And and look, with all due respect to everyone that's gone. I think the Australian Survivor goes for about four months out there um, for everyone that's gone and done the Australian Survivor. But for me, it's still the king of reality shows. Like it invented, it invented voting. It didn't invent voting. Like I think, you know, we've had voting for a long time, but it invented voting people off in reality shows. It's like the greatest show. Are you into it? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm actually a bit different. I watch the Australian one, but now oh, I've, no. got, I've got to ask you a question. Has there anyone in the team of Melbourne right now that has maybe caught your eye on potentially maybe that could go all the way in a survivor maybe maxi gone with that he does look the part oh, doesn't beard, he with the yeah. beard do you know what Ma- maxi maxi do well i did a, i did a bike ride there's a, i know you're into cycling a little bit Sanders. um and i'm not sure if you're too shape there's a, there's a ride called three peaks which is like a big kind of one day ride they do one in tassie one in victoria one in, in yeah she's intense the gold coast um and I did, I did three picks with Maxie a couple of years ago. We went to Tasmania and did it. Mate, he, he would kill it at Survivor just because 
nothing really phases him. I mean, he had need to eat. That was one thing I learned about Maxi. Like, I think he only get like a hundred calories a day on Survivor, so that could be a, that could be an issue. But he just has no business being on a bike, Max. Like, he's he's, he's a giant. I think they had to build a special bike for him. Yeah, where where the knees and legs go? Yeah, where, where do they go? But, it, 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 like in in the peloton, it looked like he was on a penny farthing. He was up so hard, <laughs> and but he just got the job done. And and he was sort of coming off like it was you know it was November, so it wasn't like it was like it was in peak physical condition. And um, man, he just grounded out. Then when he got a bit well, like at the you know it's a two hundred and thirty kilometre bike ride, so the two hundred k mark, and he was, he was probably feeling a little bit low. He had a um, had a Boston bun. <laughs> Boston and, um, bun. It's an interesting yeah, snack. He didn't light up for a dart, did he? We know that he's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is the Maxi Gorn of, of new. Um, yeah, no, he just, just lined up, just lined up uh, a little, uh, little sprinkle finger bum and... Um, Away he goes. Saved out another 30 Ks. So, share it. <laughs> so, I really, I feel like, yeah, not bad. I mean, I think Jonesy would do pretty well on Survivor as well. Yeah, I think basically unit. anyone, anyone that just... Um, I reckon, at the end of the day, it's just, can you... I reckon it's actually can you operate at extreme fatigue? Yeah, absolutely. It's basically survive. How do you, do you reckon? Is this just you secretly lining up to get a gig on Celebrity Survivor? When yeah, what are you like, doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm trying to get a gig. Trying to get a gig. I'm like, I mean, I know it's normal for guys at the end of their careers to start talking about how they've always wanted to get into media, but that's like 10, 15 years off for you. Yeah, I hope so. No, I, uh, I'm just, I'm as I said, I'm a bit of a fan, and uh, I, I thought maybe even Jack Viney would be a uh, He's a bit of a competitive person, and I reckon he's a bit of a. Unfortunately Cunning. for him, yeah, he can't. He's he's a bit of a bigger guy and gets really big, so he can't eat at the minute. He yeah. just doesn't have any lunch or dinner or anything like that. So is I that reckon right? he'd, he'd be all right that, as well. Is that, oh, mate, is that what Jack's going through at the moment? Yeah, shredding. He's mate. just he gets. You know what his problem is? He just gets too big. You know that's uh, how unfortunate. <laughs> 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 what what like as a as a lay person. What, what body fat percentage is Jack aiming for? What's he trying to get back under? Oh, Jack would be, he'd be around sort of 9% body fat. He's uh, he's one of the more elite in the team. Yeah, right. Who's, 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 got, who's got the left? Who's, Man, got, who's got the pud? I mean, got... I was looking, looking at Instagram and looking at some of the pre-season season stuff up north, but Maxi looks ferocious. He looks yeah. like a velociraptor. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, he's quite scary at the minute and, and he loves to get his top off at the minute. He, he does. Always kid off. Always kid off. Always sort of the, at the first opportunity, he's always that guy that sort of encourages everyone else to get the shirt off. So he'd be he'd be one of the lowest. But Sam Frost, um, he's unbelievable in terms of body fat. So he's, he'd definitely be one. But unfortunately, he'd, um, he has to eat a lot. Do you reckon the, do you reckon any of the teams can get to the stage where everyone's got such good rigs that we request when we play other teams that we can go skin? Yeah, yeah let's do it. I hope so. You'd be in that, Lever. You'd be in that. Yeah, I'd be in that. Hey, uh, hey, Hamish, when you get to the G, are you sort of like a sit-in-the-outer kind of guy? Are you a, a cheeseboard MCC type operator? I, uh, I get lynched for this, but I, um, I'll let my MCC membership lapse. Oh, no. In my 20s. I, I thought I'd deferred it, but I knew in my heart I hadn't heard from them for five or six years. <laughs> so when I chased it up, uh, because at the time it was like, whatever it is, 800 bucks a year, or like, I, I was probably earning 10 grand a year yeah. total. It's like, mate, and I was living, I lived in Sydney for two years too, so I was like, I, I don't know if I can spend 10% of my income. <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm keep holding on to a membership that I'm in another state. So I did a dumb thing and I let it go. I'm back on the list with my little boy now with Sonny. Andy, Andy put us back on the list when Sonny was born. So in about 40 years' time, we'll both be junior restricted members <laughs> again. But, um, so I, I did let go. But I mean, one, I'm lucky enough that sometimes I do get to go as a, uh, you know, as a guest of the footy club. But if I go with Sonny, because I'm obviously a member, I'll, we live pretty close to the G. We, we live in Richmond, so yeah. we'll. I'll go with Sonny. Yeah, I don't want him knowing about corporate hospitality till he's eighteen. So I'll. We'll, we'll always sit in the outer when we go together, get some hot chips, have a good time. He last season we got up to about staying for about ha- half the game. Like so he's three. Now. He'll be four this season, and so we'll get some great games in. I reckon this season. But this weekend I'm going to the Cats game. Oh, good um, man, good man. In, in the in the, uh, in the chemist warehouse box. So yeah. <laughs> but that's only because I invented chemist warehouse's fastest selling fragrance yes. of all time. Oh, it's, it's a spark. It is. It is. It's very nice. Jake, you got another question about about uh, Haynes' wife? Uh, yes. Got, I mean, just while we're on the topic of the fragrance, do you have a bottle of Andy by Hamish, or oh. do I need to sort you out? Yeah, I think you need to sort me out, mate. Uh, my missus I actually don't. said the other day that I do stink, so I need. Uh, <laughs> I might need some well, uh, aftershave. I, I mean, now, like, your trade deal is 100% done here. We can't get done for, like... Yeah, no, nothing, nothing like that, that uh, Off-the-book incentives, because I mean, it's a pretty valuable It's a valuable one, yeah, absolutely. I, I do have a small stash that I'd be willing to give you, not as a member of the club luring a high-talent recruit, just as one man saying to another man, I want you to smell the best you can smell. Yes, absolutely. They'd, they'd, be, stocking it. they'd be stocking it right next to the uh, the Gina Liano fragrance, wouldn't they? Yeah, that, well, it was originally, but it sold out, it sold out in two days. 45,000 <laughs> bottles, gone. Forget about it. That's uh, next level. Well, yes, as Clint said, I do have a question about your uh, wife. Now, my fiance is a massive fan of uh, her books, uh, especially the yep. one playing the field. Um, yeah. She does. She has, she's got a few. Yeah, it's good that you clarify that because she also has a kids' book called No One Likes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. do you know what though? I have read that book to some <laughs> students, and that is a very quality book. Um, but now, do you have any input into any of these books? Because my fiance lays in bed at nine thirty at night when we go to bed and absolutely pisses herself laughing. And what did you say? Nine thirty. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? Um, I mean. Well, yeah, we're in bed at nine too. We've got two kids, so it's like we yeah. just know we're going <laughs> we to... Don't have, we, we, we've got a dog, that's it. So yeah, that's, right, that, that's that right. ties okay. us out. But we know we'll be up in 45 minutes when we go to bed at nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> she, I, have no, I have no influence. Playing the Field was um, was written before I, before I came along. That is, that is a, a novel, though, about the world of wags. Yes. So, so is, your, is your fiance sitting there going, this is... This is, this is unbelievably, unbelievably accurate. Oh, I don't, I don't know if she believes that it's accurate. I think she just likes that she's kind of uh, gets to see that and then reads it in a book. I think that's her sort of love for it. So yeah. Hey, uh, Ames, before we let you go, uh, what about your junior, your junior footy days? Did you pick up the Sharon as a kid? Are you a, uh, someone who's who played footy as, as a as a kid? I did, a, I did a little bit. My my old man played footy and then he played for DLSL with, I mean, if you saw someone to check the record books, maybe you could probably check, check whether or not dad was lying to me, but according to dad, according to dad he was the captain and, and, and just a star ruckman, but he, he got his, uh, he got all his teeth knocked out when he was 18, he had just one of those like brutal 60s footy injuries where someone just ran through him with the elbow up in the ruck and, uh, and, and from that, and now as a parent myself, like I'm like, oh, I can kind of 
always steered. Like once we got to about 12 or 13, was like, man, he probably just looked at me and my brother's like genetic makeup and went, oh, guys, I don't know if it's for you. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's like, no, but like, if you're a shot to make the big leagues, then, uh, you know, I suppose you could sit on the sidelines and worry that we were going to get horrifically injured. But I think for dad, the trade-off wasn't worth it. And just went, look, guys, I've, I've had a look at your fitness. I've had a look at your makeup. I don't know if you're going to make it. And <laughs> Give we me were, some feedback. We were, yeah, we're a pretty heavy table tennis family. Actually. <laughs> um, so I, after about the age of thirteen, that was um, yeah, that was my winter sport. And I also went to a, I went to a school. I went to a high school, but like, like one year we did circus tricks instead. <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of instead of footy, so I'm not great on my left. Do love do love getting out there and uh, and having a kick, but yeah. I can't say that, um, that, I, that I have a hidden natural talent that yeah. people will be blown away by. Very good stuff. Uh, and one more. Round 9, 20th of May, Melbourne, Carlton, MCG. Uh, yourself and Andy will no doubt be there. Do you do you tend to have a bet on the Ds and the Blues matches? Yeah, we, but Andy's too wily for that. Like, I would love it if, if any... I don't think, you know, with all due respect to Carlton, but also... Not really, because <laughs> <laughs> who cares? I, I just don't think he'd be dumb enough this year. Nah. But, um, but, but yeah, he's one of those guys where it's like he knows that if he knows that if he, he gets really fired up going, mate, you know, Town's going to smash the D's. I bet I bet you this amount. If he wins, it, like it's just safer to go. Oh, mate, he's just safer to play the underdog. He's too he's too wily. It's, too, it's safer for him to go into it going, I think you guys will win, and then when if if Carlton won, go, oh, mate, I didn't. That I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, he's just very good at hedging, so I can't yeah. really get him to commit, like, especially not when the odds are so heavily. I believe tipped in the D's favour yeah. um, heading into this year. But Ando and I do, we do, we do try a bet every season. I mean, I know you've, uh, we've got segment, segment, another segment to get to, and um, probably cost you guys a fortune with the phone charges. Yeah, well. Me and Ando, me and have it. We bet together. We try, and you've probably heard of this bet before, but we try and do the full season one game per round multi oh, so like yes. put a hundred bucks on just the sure thing of every round and then like so it might be paying like a dollar eight and then you'd be a hundred and eight dollars the next round on the sure thing and just try and multiply it all up but so you have to you know you have to string through 23 wins in a row but is it 23 rounds yeah but you have to string through a lot of wins uh but if you get to the end it's like you know that hundred dollars can turn into like ten grand, and, and always gamble all, responsibly. Always gamble responsibly, <laughs> and I'll say this: we've never made it to the end. And you get to the end of—I mean, you know—you started with a hundred bucks, and you never put any more money in. But you know, you get to the end of the season, like that last game, you're betting a lot of money <laughs> at a ten percent return, yes. and there is there is the temptation to go well. Actually, we probably could just cash out here. Yeah. But, you know, that's the, that's the thrill of the bet. We've fallen over last round before, um, not naming any names, but, um, hey, it would have been great if the Cats could um, could have could have, could have beaten the Swans in uh, in 2011 as they were meant to do, as oh, they were meant no. to do down at the oh, field no. final round. And well, lost there for 40 games or something. Let's dish out payback Sunday afternoon, MCG. Uh, Holmes Blake. Tell it, Wade. I know you'll be there. You'll be cheering. Uh, thanks so much for joining oh. us on Inside Melbourne, mate. We really appreciate it. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to see you play, Jackie. I'll, be, I'll open the window in the box so you can hear me cheering. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll take a megaphone. All right, thanks, mate. I'll make sure I'll give you a wave. <laughs> thanks, thank you.
Hamish Blake, thanks so much. And that was Inside Melbourne for another week. Stay tuned because next week we've got another big, big show with thanks to our friends at Zurich.